welcome you back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. We're at episode three, and the hope for this episode is to really think about um, a church beyond what we typically think of on Sunday, and we're going to hear some transformational stories, uh, both from uh, my context. I'm Gannon Sims. I, I minister in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I'm joined by my colleague, Heather Jalad. Where are you ministering, Heather? In North Georgia. And um, we, we really believe as a Fresh Expressions team and movement that any church can reach people who don't go to church. And so through this podcast, we're unraveling the complexities of today's local mission field. We're introducing resources from uh, practitioners and people uh, influenced by uh, Fresh Expressions of Church um, as we seek to proclaim the good news um, for, for all people and, and to take the church that Jesus loves closer to where the people uh, Jesus loves live and work and play. So. Yeah. So we, we have some great conversations today with, um, with some folks that we have uh, had the privilege of being in relationship with along the way and forming fresh expressions of church. So we'll get to share those with you. And Gannon, I'm just curious, how, how did you get started in this whole Fresh Express? How did we get here? Yeah, I mean, f- for me, uh, my story began uh, actually in England. Um, I had the privilege of, <laughs> of spending a, a month or so in London after seminary and, and got familiar with some of the language uh, that I would later n- no, is attributed to the Fresh Expressions movement. And so fast forward a couple of years, I was on staff at a, at a large church and a really feeling led to the edge. I knew I was called to something uh, a little bit different. And uh, in a hallway meeting at a denominational gathering, a, a gentleman kind of kind of chuckled at me. He said, you know, are, are you, have you ever heard of fresh expressions? And I said, well, yeah, I have. And, and he said, well, um, the, the crazy thing is, is that the, the Virginia Baptists are working with the church of England to sort of be the, the purveyors of the fresh expressions movement in the United States. And, and so that began, uh, a really wonderful journey of, uh, my wife and I moving to Virginia and, uh, joining the fresh expressions team. I was sort of like employee number three technically, but then I'm, I'm, oh, I'm okay. a person who's been around the, the longest alongside Chris Backer, which is, which is really fascinating. And, um, but, but alongside the, the strategic work of building a, a movement, um, nationally, mm. uh, my wife and I sort of immediately got our hands in the soil of, of, um, kind of revitalizing a campus ministry, uh, okay. thinking we would plant a campus-based church. Well, we got here and we realized that there's a lot of churches and there's a lot of people vying for the 4% of college students <laughs> that are wow, engaged yeah. with church. I mean, that's the reality. <laughs> a lot of a lot of parachurch organizations and churches kind of like, I mean, I hate to say it, kind of fight over the 4% and we yeah, thought, well, let's yeah. look beyond that. And so wow. we started meeting young people who worked at, you know, Costco and Chipotle and college students too. And we just started building young adult community and, and looked up about, gosh, almost quit at year five and then looked up about year six, seven, eight. And, and we just, there was this really vibrant community being created Mm. and we sort of backed our way into 
uh, church, uh, you know, mm-hmm. calling it church, being challenged by a couple of other friends, you know, looking around our community and saying, you guys are worshiping together. <laughs> You're doing service together. You, you, you are church. And, and then, um, the pandemic radically altered, uh, the way that right. we could gather. And so, um, we multiplied into house churches and that's been a, a really, really fun, fun journey uh, mm-hmm. for us. So it's a little yeah. bit about what we've been up to. So in my, so my, my, my people I'm talking with are actually a couple people. One works with our campus ministry, but had her life kind of changed through house church at the beginning of the pandemic, which is a great story that she'll share. Her name's uh, Becca Covington. And then I, I got to talk with um, a, another uh, woman in our community, Tara Kirklider, who uh, I met eight years ago because she cuts my hair. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, it's a really cool story of, awesome. of her coming to faith and and being baptized in a Christ life and 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 learning and growing and 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 really leading in many ways in our uh, house church community. So yeah, beautiful. I, I love I loved your uh, you backed into it. I, I feel yeah. like uh, that's kind of how I got to be a part of this as well. Uh, it, it, I, I am a an ordained elder in the Methodist Church here in uh, North Georgia, and that Wesleyan spirit I think is so significant to to how God has shaped my own uh, ministry. I was doing fresh expressions before I knew what to call them uh, as uh, as a lay person and then later as a, a clergy person. And um, I think it was, um, it was probably six years ago that, yeah, it was about six years ago when I learned about the fresh expressions movement. I was uh, already in, uh, very involved in the larger community in my role uh, a lot of community engagement and collaborative relationships with people. And, um, and when I learned about fresh expressions, the Holy spirit just put some things together for me that, um, I had never considered, uh, doing before and ended up planning my first, uh, dinner church community and a, uh, in partnership with a local, uh, feeding ministry and an elementary school that served a very underserved population, um, in our community. And everything just kind of um, it just kind of progressed from from there, and um, and then you know having a lot of curiosity not only from um, the 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 existing church that I was a part of, but churches in the community and the wider community at large, even some of our um, uh, local mission organizations or, or faith based organizations, and what we were doing, and was able to kind of. Uh, be a bit more collaborative with what was happening and invite more people into that space and create some uh, community partnerships and um, just saw what God was doing and um, really transforming a community through this dinner church. And, um, you know, uh, kind of uh, fast forward a a few years, uh, I was serving a a very large church where we uh, started a network of, of fresh expressions and, um, and that's where I met the the gentleman that you were, will hear the conversation with today. His name's uh, Chris Henderson. Uh, Chris and his wife Kelly actually moved from um, Texas just prior to uh, the pandemic uh, kicking off, and so we were having our initial conversations around uh, fresh expressions. And there was just such a a, a synergy and a kindred spirit there in um, what it means to be a disciple and what that looks like in um, the everyday places and spaces of our lives. Um, he and his wife were very much involved with, um, the three DM, um, discipleship, uh, movement and, um, a lot of the training and, um, 
coaching he had done with them, but um, he identified something. Um, there, there was a particular gap that he could not um, name until we started talking about fresh expressions and what that looks to what that looks like uh, to do that as um, as a follower of Jesus and as um, as a church in, in the world. And so, um, really uh, exciting conversation with Chris and what God's taught him along the way in this journey. He and his wife Kelly started a fresh expression. Um, in the uh, late summer, early fall of 2020 in their own neighborhood. And um, it's been just a remarkable journey for them. Well, um, we get to now dive into uh, Chris's story. Um, and then I guess later on, we'll hear from Becca Covington, who is part of our community, and uh, Tara. So, Yeah, y'all, I, I pray that you are inspired by these conversations and hear um, how God is moving through through the church, through Fresh Expressions. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to get to share with you my friend, Chris Henderson. Chris, would you introduce yourself the way you like to be introduced? Hi, Heather. I actually don't like to be introduced. I, I uh, <laughs> just simply like to say that I'm just a guy who Jesus has been working on for a really long time and um, showed me in the last decade that he's still alive and well and relevant and that um, there are practical things that I can do to become a new person each and every day simply by reorienting my thoughts, my choices, my my mindset to him. Right. And he's faithful and hasn't let us down. So every that's that's just you know I'm just trying to be the, a Jesus follower. That's the that's the best way I would I can describe myself. That's good. Uh, I, I, God saw fit to put us together uh, in a previous context, and um, our our hearts were of one in what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and and to um, to be the people that God's called us to do in going. Uh, to make disciples. And we we were having a brief conversation about that before I hit record. And oftentimes that uh, we are the disciples that are made in the going uh, mm-hmm. and the significance of that. And um, so we've been we've been talking about really the transformation that's possible through Fresh Expressions um, uh, for those who are never going to be a part of what's happening on Sunday mornings in our building and for us as we start Fresh Expressions. So uh, you and Kelly, your wife, started a fresh expression uh, in the middle of COVID, and I know that um, that's something that uh, you've learned a lot along the way in um, about yourself and about disciple making. Um, you you have a um, quite a, a resume, I would say, in regards to disciple making and your experience in that and um, and your practice of that. So, uh, why don't you share a little bit about the transformation um, in yourself and in uh, and even people that have been a part of, uh, of, of your fresh expression. Okay. Probably should start a little bit with a lot of things that I've tried that haven't really gone the way I imagined. Um, we've done a lot of small group coaching sort of stuff. You know, I was fortunate enough to be blessed by, um, being mentored and discipled by, um, a man named Matt Tebby, who is, um, still, still very dear to me, but he showed me some tools to, um, 
what repentance really means in today's day and age, what mm. stepping forward in a faithful action and belief really means in today's day and age. And those things are practical realities in my life as much as I can be faithful to them. And I have been investing in um, trying to teach other people those things that he taught me so that they can apply them into their lives. And, you know, after about hmm, seven years or so of, of doing the small group thing of coaching people the way that I was coached, I, I was noticing that there's a certain limit to the way things were being sort of absorbed into the lives of other people. They were experiencing personal change and personal awakening awakenings in certain ways but but being intentional about going out and actually engaging new people or engaging the people they already know or uh, applying these models of following Jesus of this repent and believe kind of cycle um, into the way they engage others or the way they they serve in their ministries I wasn't really seeing the evidence of that so um, right about the time we moved to Georgia I was really feeling um and and reflecting and praying on what what is what is it that i can be how can i be different how can i set a better example how can i instead of talking about doing these things i how can i live them out in such a way that i'm providing an example and they can become more um you know realized practices in the lives of the people that i'm engaging mm -hmm. And at that same time, we met you, and um, this is just one of the beautiful ways that the Holy Spirit is working, right? So we move for we move what six hundred miles away from where we were living in Dallas, Fort Worth, and we find someone who's speaking the same language mm. that we were trying to learn, and we were navigating on our own, <clears throat> and and it was just like really a breath of fresh air to say this is pretty exciting, and so you were challenging us in those days. Um, to be prayerful about what problems do you see in your local context, in your local neighborhood, in your local network, and what can you do about those problems? And so I thought, you know, that sounds exactly like the kind of thing Jesus is leading me to an awareness of, is that mm. I need to go living into the um, practices that I've been talking about for a while wow. uh, to take the next step. And, and so we started praying. What is the what are the pain points that we are seeing in our local context? You know, help help us to see, help us to know, help us to recognize. And <laughs> it's a little <laughs> embarrassing. It's a little little surprising to say this was in um, March, April, twenty nineteen. Right? This is wait, no, sorry, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. This is when COVID was 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 on everyone's lips. Right? It wasn't yeah. here yet that we could see it, but it was every conversation and we had just gotten put into lockdowns where we were not able to go to work not able to go to the store not able to visit with each other and that was a new isolation and um um you know separation kind of a, a dynamic that we were all struggling with and i had been aware for some time that loneliness is a real pandemic of its own yeah. independent of COVID, right? So we, we live in these houses that are much larger than we need them to be. And we sort of live in these little walled gardens and we, we've lost the ability to connect with each other on a human level, to be real with each other, to be vulnerable. We sort of just tend to find people who already reaffirm our confirmation bias, mm -hmm. if you will. And and we don't really know how to engage with people um, in, 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 in more practical kingdom ways. And so that realization combined with the COVID lockdowns where we were all stuck in our houses by mandate, uh, mm. we realized, well, the, the pain here is pretty obvious. People are lonely and afraid and we're, we're missing social connection. So we, 
we asked ourselves, what can we do today to address that? Well, um, we live in a relatively closed off neighborhood. So we, we sent out an email to the email director, to the neighborhood directory. We named the problem in, in sort of a, you know, natural language way and say, look, we're all experiencing this lockdown, this isolation, this fear, this even loneliness. So we would like to just get together with some folks who are willing um, on a regular basis and just get out of our houses, go to a safe place in our neighborhood park and have some conversations about what we're experiencing and unpack those things and be with each other in the mm -hmm. struggle. And to our absolute delight, a handful of folks said yes to that. And we started meeting in our neighborhood park on Wednesday nights. People are free to come as they are. Um, we're, we're encouraged to bring their favorite beverage, whatever that is. Sometimes it's ice water. Sometimes it's beer, wine, whatever, whatever they want to bring. And they bring <laughs> themselves. Mm -hmm. And Kelly and I in, intentionally put on a posture of, of um, putting aside our opinions, our perspectives, our decisions about what was right and, and tried to receive people uh, for where they, where they are, regardless of what they had to share. And we would try to stimulate conversations with things like, um, you know, up in and out kind of dimensionality of the conversation without being explicit about it and, and ask, what are you, where do you find hope today? Where, yeah. where are you finding, where are you, where are you feeling stress? Um, what problems do you see around us in the neighborhood? Is there someone else that you could invite into this rhythm that may be feeling lonely? And we didn't, we didn't think real far about how that was going to go in the long run or what we were ultimately trying to achieve or looking for baptisms or, you mm -hmm. know, any sort of conversion experiences. We were just looking to be faithful to the problem Jesus had put in front of us. And what can we do with our persons to, with our bodies mm -hmm. and our mm -hmm. practices to respond mm -hmm. to that? Well, first of all, uh, you and Kelly and uh, getting introduced to the two of you and hearing your heart, you were an answer to prayer for me because, yes, we did speak the same language. Um, and secondly, the whole idea of um, that incar incarnational presence, like embodying uh, who it is that we say we are in very real and practical ways that um, that the Holy Spirit was really um, uh stretching you on, I think is so significant to, you know, the transformation that's possible in fresh expressions for the people that are starting these uh, new expressions of, of church. Um, and so what, what has that, what has that been like? Where, where has the spirit, where is the spirit continuing to transform you in your own practice of, of um, these new kinds of church? That's a great question. And, and it's actually probably has a lot of different answers. So I hopefully get the, get the big ones. Um, obviously, we've made really, really good friends. We have developed a set of trusted relationships in this practice that um, has ramped up over a very short period of time. And we have an intimacy with this group of people that we probably have not cultivated in such a short period of time at any other time in my, in my, in my life. Right. Mm. Um, and we absolutely adore these folks and they come from different backgrounds and they have different um, perspectives on who Jesus is and, and what a faith life looks like um, themselves. Um, but we are, we are a recognized unit inside the neighborhood. Right. And what, one of the things that surprised me is that faithful practice becomes visible to people who are not part of it. Um, yeah. Other people that we meet in the neighborhood see what we're doing and they notice and they and they ask about it and they and they mention it and they say, we see what you're doing. Right. You're, you're, you're and, and sometimes they're 
aware of what we're doing explicitly. Sometimes they they have some misconceptions, but the fact that people are noticing that there's something happening in the community, um, there's an energy, there's a spirit, there's a movement um, at, uh, afoot, and they're and they're curious about it. It was surprising to me. Um, uh, another thing that sort of I've learned is that it's. Um, Sometimes the weather interrupts our rhythms, so we don't gather weekly if it's really cold and raining because we're mm -hmm. still trying to be safe and stay outside for the most part. Um, and so if there's, a, if there's a, a period of time, say two or three weeks between our, our gatherings, um, it changes the dynamic of our gathering because now yeah. we're spending our time catching up with each other rather than processing what we're experiencing, right? So yeah. that regular connection makes space for deeper, more vulnerable, relevant conversations about what are you stressing or what are you mm -hmm. experiencing or who, what are you seeing, right? So if we don't meet regularly and frequently, we tend to get to, to disintegrate, not disintegrate, degenerate into a social engagement rather yeah. than one that is a little more deep. Um, another thing I've learned is that the pressure that I feel to sort of jump into scripture or to jump into Jesus language or to jump into pushing someone along on their faith journey comes from inside of me. Mm. Um, it's not really necessarily something that Jesus has prepared ahead of time. And so if I get out ahead of that, um, the person that I might be engaging may not be ready or, or willing to receive something along those lines. So we have to yeah. be really um, oh, patient is the right word, I guess. Um, not putting a time clock on the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to push things as, on an, as an agenda, but being prepared and open for doors that do open and being prepared for them, seeing them and being willing to step in. Um, one of the ways that I've changed or, or, or sort of a new awareness that Jesus gave me through this experience, um, if I step out a little bit and just think about sort of our Western church practices my words, no, not some scholarly, you know, I'm not, I'm not repeating someone else's words, so I might not be accurate in my characterization here, but it feels to me like our church practices have sort of returned to temple practices yes, where we arrive at a physical location to experience God and to um, be with God when the entire Old Testament and the New Testament are all about God being present where his people are. Right, he's yeah. with them where they are, mm. but we don't seem to really believe that these mm. days. Mm. And then Jesus comes along, and He brings kingdom healing, resurrection, forgiveness, power yeah. um, with Him where He is. And he's bringing the light, and He's healing, and He's restoring creation where He is, reversing the temple practice and sort of expanding it out. And then He gives us the the expectation: go and do what you've seen Me doing. And I realized. Yeah. This fresh expression concept, this this being in community or centered around Jesus, wherever we are, is a is directly connected to what Jesus was doing. Right, mm -hmm. we are little little pockets of kingdom existence, restoring creation in our mm -hmm. midst that doesn't necessarily depend on the practices or places that are sort of temple focused. And that was a bit of a an eye opening awareness for me because. Um, to recognize that that's a holy space, even though we're not talking about the Bible or yeah. explicitly talking about Jesus, we're receiving each other, we're forgiving each other implicitly, we are supporting one another, we are available to one another, right? And so those are kingdom seeds that will ultimately 
produce fruit that includes things like healing and peace and restoration. Uh, and I'm, I'm so grateful that Jesus revealed that, right? It's just like a picture in my head that is so clear. Mm. And then sort of following on from that, a little bit like we were talking about before we started recording in the podcast is um, the more I invest and try to understand who Jesus is in the context of this little group, the more I realize uh, how much more I need him, how how formed and, tr- and transformed I am. I'm no longer looking so much for peace and security and acceptance from people around me um, through interpersonal social relationships because I sort of those are already given, right? So, yeah. so the stress of keeping a friendship together is is no longer part of our experience. The the stress of has too much time passed or the stress of trying to make a disciple, quite frankly, mm. the stress mm. of the stress of, of of being someone who is in a position of authority or disciple maker or teacher or leader of another person has also changed, right? So now we are all partnered in a journey where we're equally so good, equally joined together. And we're learning from each other. Uh, one other man who's just now become a dear friend of mine. He's a, he's a, he, he, um, is a practicing Catholic. He, his faith um, practices are in the Catholic faith. And his expressions of devotion to Jesus, his awareness of who Jesus is, his willingness to say yes to a Bible journey with me um, are absolutely at a peer level. And they are equally beautiful and so equally good. bless me as much as, as I can bless them. So that becomes this mm. give and take versus teacher mm. to student kind of relationship. And so my mindset about my role in this whole thing has been recalibrated and um I'm, it, it, it's a, I guess it's another step on the humility ladder of lowering my station and my expectation of my posture in the relationship. So, so um, good. There's, there's so much for us to learn from one another and being able to get to that, that place and that uh, understanding that, you know, I think we could all probably benefit from uh, recapturing this uh, idea that Peter talks about in the priesthood of all believers. I mean, we're not only called to be the 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 priest um the priesthood but of all believers and that we have much to learn from one another um along the way and um i think that's really significant to the the fresh expressions journey chris thank you so so much for um being a part of the movement here in north georgia um allowing god to use you and kelly and the ways that that he is and I'm excited about um, the the lessons that you continue to learn along the way and that we continue to learn along the way together. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. We're just weeks away from Remission, the 2022 Fresh Expressions Gathering happening March 30th through April 1st. Join us in person in Richmond, Virginia, or online to hear from seasoned practitioners and helpful thought leaders who are navigating this new terrain and fresh ways of being the church. Register today at freshexpressionsus.org backslash remission. So I'm actually here with Becca Covington, and Becca is one of the leaders in our house church network in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And the, the, the episode 
here, episode three of the Fresh Expressions podcast is essentially thinking about um, transformative stories from Fresh Expressions of Church. And the, the fact that Fresh Expressions of Church transform lives of people who had never come to church on a, on a, on a Sunday morning. And, um, and we just kind of want to hear a little bit about Becca's story um, as as her faith has expanded. And um, so, Becca, I'm glad that you're with us today. Me too. It's good to be here. Yeah. So, Becca, tell us a little bit about just kind of how uh, the house church journey as a new form of church has kind of expanded your your faith story and your mm-hmm. view of church. Yeah, I grew up in the church and went my whole life and. Um, right before COVID hit, I was living up in Northern Virginia and had just moved there to run a ministry. And I would say that was one of the loneliest times of my life. And I really struggled to connect and find community, Christian community, a church community. There was a lot of Sundays where I showed up at church, didn't talk to anybody and then left. And when COVID hit, I moved back to Fredericksburg, Virginia, where I had just been and started to get to know Carrie and Gannon Sims and noticed that they lived life in a way that was different than what I had experienced before. And it was really curious and intriguing to me. And since we couldn't go into a church building anymore, we started meeting on the front porch of their house and did a little thing called house church. And so every Sunday, five, six, seven, eight, nine of us would get together and we would read a passage four times through the ancient practice Lectio Divina, just letting the scripture become saturated within us, giving God space and time to highlight a word or a phrase and Then with each reading, asking another question to go a little bit deeper with what God might be saying to us or to the greater community. And so it was really there at House Church that I learned God speaks and we can listen and hear him and we can do that in community together. And we would have the most rich and fruitful discussions. And just as weeks went on, I was kind of introduced to a new level of community where we actually shared life together and a lot of us were neighbors. And, and so then past house church, we started having dinner together and throwing tea parties together and just all sorts of, of fun things. Um, and it was just so different than I had ever experienced before. And it was, it was the opposite of loneliness for me. It it felt like true connection and spiritual family. And over that summer, I really learned how to hear God's voice and how to cultivate that practice in my life. And at every house church, we would end our time by praying for one person and asking God if he had a word of encouragement or a scripture for that person. And that was just, that was space for, for all of us to practice listening and hearing and taking a risk by sharing how we felt like God might want to encourage that person and so it's really changed my life and in my spiritual practice. I feel deeply connected to God. I've gotten to experience God in in ways that I never knew possible. And I've gotten to do that with 
a, a church community with a family. And so we still meet every Sunday and we do house church. And now we're, we're bigger. Um, we have multiple households and sure there's the fight to say, to stay small and connected in that. But as we navigate it, we're, we're getting to watch more and more people experience this new way of church and community. And I think it's really changing people's lives. And so tell us a little bit about how you're observing people have life change or aha moments. Yeah, I think, you know, we have a lot of different people of different ages come to church and we have a lot of college students in particular come and it's pretty special to watch them discover the voice of God and for them to experience for most of them, an environment that they've never gotten to experience before um, in the non-traditional church setting. And I think I just, I, I witness people being blown away that God speaks to them. And that as, again, as they step out in faith and, and share something or ask for prayer, um, God just has, has more room to move in their lives. And so people are, are choosing to be baptized. People are, choosing to be open and honest and vulnerable. Um, people are choosing to stay around our city and live here for a longer period of time because they want to be part of this community. Um, so it's been really sweet to watch that, particularly for students. But as a whole, it just it feels like we're developing family here and we're really getting to impact our city and invite people who do not know Jesus into an environment that is safe and where they're seen and known and loved and get to experience something new. And how does that invitation happen typically in the community? A lot of different ways. I mean, for me personally, I play pickup soccer with a group of people and have just really felt God draw me to some of them. And um, none of them have come to church with me yet, but they've come to things that our community has done together, like a Halloween cookout or a Super Bowl party. And it's just really sweet to get to bring these people in who I've known for a couple months. Um, so for some reason they come and um, yeah, they come into something that they don't really tend to know anybody in, but they find it really fun and different that people are interested in them and want to know them and want to spend time with them and want to get their phone number and take them out to lunch after. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I'm Gannon Sims, and I'm joined by a dear friend in our community, Tara Kirklider. And um, Tara has been a, a blessing and joy in our community over these last uh, few months. And just wanted to talk a little bit, Tara, about your faith journey um, and kind of how, how that came about in very ways. Um, so Tara, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, well, where did my faith journey start? It was, I was a little distant from God for many, many years of my life. And I want to say December, 2020, at the end of that, losing my grandmother really pushed me further and 
something was tugging on me. And now I'm learning that was God doing his work and telling me it's time to get yourself right and build a relationship and understand what I was, where I was going with that. And that led me to house church actually too. the, I opened the door. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where it was going and house church provided a lot of tools to show me where to take that now and how to do that and how to move into the baptism and everything. I, really, it's guided the whole process for me. <laughs> to talk a little bit about uh, house church. So I, in our community, we, we've, uh, function as house churches and, and the way that we do house church in our community really is designed, you know, to be lightweight, low maintenance on, on the part of the leaders, but it's, a, it's hopefully a place where people feel comfortable enough um, coming and observing and then participating as they want to, and then maybe even inviting friends. And, and it's just maybe a, a little less, intimidating very very less intimidating yeah. so for you it's it's been comforting it's i've definitely hit some vulnerable spots in it but it's been good vulnerability because there's been space created that makes it so comfortable to take it in and have people to support you through it so it takes the fear out of it and that everybody is so welcoming, understanding too, even if they don't understand your exact situation, they want to know more about you. They want to help you. They want to teach you. It's, it's really fascinating how everybody works together like that and helping everybody in the church and offering different things too, to help us with tools. As far as we have our yoga, we have these little outreach things that are happening too with the community, listening groups, that I've pers personally taken part in and it's truly helped me with my personal growth and building a, a, a relationship at home with God. It's not just when I come to church on Sundays, house church has really taught me that it's building that relationship every day in our life and having that relationship and being aware of it as well. And house church has really showed me how to do that. Gives me the tool. I learn so much about the scripture and the word of God when I'm in house church and then I go home and put that to work the rest of the week long. And it's, it's neat. It's been a learning process, but a fun one and an, an eye-opening one. And it's hard to put into words truly what God's done here for me and for the community. I'm hoping I can bring more people in too so that they have the opportunity to feel and witness and share some, some experiences and callings they've had from God as well. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you are a very networked person. Um, yes. <laughs> you work in a hair salon. You know everybody there. You have all sorts of clients who've been talking to you about faith, too. I mean, like it was a sort of like years long process with people in and out of life. But then you have, you know, networks people in your neighborhood with family with baseball with, i mean so so how do you see sort of faith in jesus kind of i don't know trickling out from you i guess with relationships it's interesting because a lot of those relationships i've had for a long time in that networking and we've we've all grown together knowing each other but i didn't know them on this side i didn't know them on the on, on their personal relationship with Jesus as well as now mine. And it was really interesting to learn a completely different side of people and see how we could grow together in that. It's not just about how I do your hair. It's how does Jesus work in your life? And it's really, really neat to share those stories with people. And just thinking that all these 
opportunities of networking I have just kind of there's Jesus standing, opening the door saying, Hey, let's talk about this with them. And I've really embraced that. And without fear, I was really nervous with some people, especially people I've known for a long time and networked and worked with. I worried what they would think of me on this new journey, but I feel like both our personal relationships are growing too in that with, with Jesus on our side. It's interesting that I, I can't stop talking about him. So I feel like I'm forcing the conversation on some people, but it, it's once it comes out and their response, it really is pretty neat to see how people also have their strong relationships and fates that I didn't even know they did. That was the, we were all too busy in our networking worlds and what we were there for the, that networking, like for baseball or hair, we were too busy in the moment not to talk about something so special like that in all of our lives. And it humbled me to realize I wasn't alone either. It was, it's cool. I, it's again, hard to put into words how all of this has happened in just a year. It started the end of December, 2020. And to see how it's built those relationships even deeper that I didn't, I thought we were just surface and it was just staying at surface. And now it's going into something deeper is really, really, really amazing. God's very majestic and magical and mysterious. And I'm just learning and, and aware witnessing these things with people and just in daily conversations, like you said, with the people I network with on the baseball field in, in our house church, in my salon, it's, in the, the vet's office. I mean, <laughs> my life is dogs as well. So <laughs> I try and, and bring it into everyday life. And that's something I think house church has also taught us is to bring it into, every, it's in every, God is in everything and God is with us in everything and embrace that and just be aware of his presence with you and, and share that with other people. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. So there was this, there's this time in house church where um, we, we share testimonies. Like what has Jesus done for you, how is he loving others through you? And there was a sort of like angst about a neighbor. And then there was a gift to the neighbor and now there's a relationship with the neighbor. So yeah, interesting testimony with that. God really working his ways over over a couple past couple months. So when I got baptized, we um, took some chicken left over after the potluck and somebody at house church, I I'm forgetting who said it to me, but I remember somebody saying out to me, why don't you share some with your neighbor? Because there was not animosity, not hatred, just separation. Like I felt like we're young couples. We should all be closer. We should get to know our neighbors a little bit more, be there for each other in tough times. And just had that feeling inside, like, I, how do we get that? And just somebody saying, Hey, why don't you offer your neighbor some chicken was really a big door opener into all of this. And here we are, a month later or during the snowstorm, we, they, we've helped, we kind of communicated a little bit. And then just recently, um, our neighbors stopped over and just sat and talked with me. And I was able to bring up that I go to house church and, um, she was really, really shocked by it. She's like, you go to church. Can I come? And I was like, absolutely. I, so it's, it's crazy to see and share this testimony, how God has really, really worked in bringing me and my neighbors together and also showing me to love my neighbor, regardless of the issues I had with them, I had to still love them. And as I love them, God has opened that door. And here we are moving forward with deeper relationships with our neighbor. And I'm, I'm happy with that. And I'm curious to see where it goes. And I hope she comes to house church with me. 
Well, Tara, it's great to, um, to speak with you. Thanks for trusting us and um, to be continued. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share. <laughs> Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we eat, play, work, and yes, even in our traditional churches. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressionsus.org backslash how to start. The Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by Gannon Sims and me, Heather Delod. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you've learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that God's ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations.